So I ripped my pants today. You ripped your pants, okay. huh? Okay. Exp- expand, expand on that, would you? Well, there's not much more of a humbling experience than ripping your pants. Were you bending over? Was it a, was it a, is this a verb? Yeah, how did they rip? Situation, were you? Uh, yeah, so I, I, I tend to wear like pretty, pretty high shorts and blue I just Blue shorts, squat. blue jeans. You're old enough to call them no, blue no, jeans no. still, right? No, they, they, they were, they were, they were, um, they were cargo shorts uh-huh. and I just squatted and ripped right up the middle. Okay, man. so you were squatting. And the other thing is here, the kids list, all the kids today, which is a lot of our audience, Ryan, they don't wear cargo shorts shorts anymore. That's not a thing. Oh, no, no, no. no. I actually, Tyler, let me correct you. See, this is... <laughs> Am I wrong? This is, yeah, this is actually go, how Tyler. we know that yeah, you see, are... See, we can't just wear sweatpants all the time, no, bro. This, that's what I do. Sweatpants and t-shirts. They came back around, Tyler. They came back... Cargo, cargo shorts and pants are now in. They weren't for a while, so you were right, but up until like a year ago, you were right, okay. and now all of a sudden they're back in and cool. I can't keep up with the trends or the fashion, so that's on me, but... Well, I, look, ne- I will say this. I. Cargo shorts are useful. You got the big pockets. You can keep so many things in there. Right. Well, and look. men don't carry purses. No. And here's the no. thing. To, it's to not a back purse. Up, it's European. I, well, I wasn't trying to make the uh, the argument either that that Smitty is like a, a fashion icon. Smitty just never stopped wearing them. And then exactly. they came back around. See, if, <laughs> right. if you wear them long enough, they come back in fashion. That's true. Exactly. Eventually. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so... Uh, you're uh, basically what you're just saying, Smitty. Is it like um, you're just packing too much heat back there in the caboose uh, area? Is that why they ripped? Yes, I, I mean that's that's probably true. I do I do have a little junk in the trunk, okay. but so um, if you wear long enough and it comes back, it was the squat. Usually I bend, but that's bad for my back, so I was tr- I'm trying to squat more. Right. Yeah, and I squatted and we had a breach. So Will, yeah, could, that's, could, that's could we uh, could we compare Ryan's clothing situation? with the head coaching career of Mac Brown, how he was there and then he left mm-hmm. and he may be back after that 63 point game last weekend. And then he had a breach. <laughs> I don't, breach. I don't know if he, if you could <laughs> say, I mean, if anything, it's more like a perfect example of just how that whole game went for North Carolina. Oh, I was talking more Mac Brown, uh, ripping his clothes cause he's gotten so fat, but, uh, <laughs> well, he no, had, I mean, he's like 70 years old, Tyler. Are you really going to rip on his weight? <laughs> Things fluctuate when you're hey, that old. Nick Saban is 70. I don't see him. Uh, well, I mean, Nick Saban all I gotta, all I gotta it's say, such a workout screaming at his players and coaches every game. All I gotta Mac say Brown's is this, not doing that. If you're Mac Brown, just size up with the sweater. That's all I ask. Just size up one or two. Like, go triple okay. X. There's nothing wrong with going the size that fits you. I think he went back in the closet from early last year and picked out some of those sweaters. He was putting a stress test on that fabric. Let me say that much. I, Mac I Brown like, yeah, I mean, like on did it. worried about it, you know? He doesn't care about appearances. Mm, mm. Jimbo did it. They went the, they went the double X. Yeah, well, well... well we, Apparently, he doesn't care about appearances because he won, but he only won by two points after giving up, what, 61, something like that? He he won ugly, so you're right. Uh, not not a great win. And yeah, I mean, look, week one was amazing. And the, the North great. Carolina App State game was in, was a wild ride. Um, actually, the whole state of, of North Carolina was pretty ridiculous for football on Saturday. You had... Um, you know, North Carolina App State, which 
was insane. It was like first App State had a huge lead, and then North Carolina came all the way back and built a huge lead. And then App State App State scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. There was there was a total of 60 points scored in the fourth quarter, and even still it wasn't enough for App State to win. You had the onside kick. Like everything about that game was so wild. And uh, you know, it makes you feel bad for App State, but honestly, neither team there really deserved to win. And North Carolina is just Defense optional. That's their whole mantra there under <laughs> right. Mac Brown, apparently. Uh, Mac Brown, uh, vegetable optional, we know for him. But, uh, <laughs> okay, I'll stop with that. Uh, how did it feel to take App State going into that game plus one and a half? How did that feel? Yeah, not great. No, uh, I'll, I will say good. that. we got to stress, that's why the, the start, half points the, matter to the audience out there. The half points matter. Again, again too, like, you know, th- that game was just a roller coaster of emotions if you were a fan of either team or if you had a bet on either team, because you know, my bet looks great like three times in the game and it looked terrible like four times in the game. Okay. But I do have to say this, we're coming off a night of you having a couple winners, West Virginia, you had plus seven and a half. They win yeah, Thursday, they, 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 uh, Thursday night, excuse me. They, they lose by seven. You had Penn state, which I thought was a sharp play uh, minus a three and they won by four. So you were skating yeah. there for a while. So yeah, 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 you were bound to have one go against you. Right. Maybe just that's one. right. And my but, picks overall for the for the weekend were not great, by the way. Well, I didn't have a lot of I, my, my my record now for uh, the he season also threw out like 27 is, games. Well, he, he, he well did I'm put five and ten. There. I'm five and ten on the season. <laughs> so, again, to reference our show last week, um, if I if you go with the Costanza method on Will's picks, you're doing, <laughs> you're doing great right now. But look, um, uh, you have and, to you have to count in closing line value. And I haven't gone up and totaled it all in. I trust your five and ten if that's what you totaled. But look at this: you had North Carolina minus eleven, closed minus thirteen and a half. You and had NC State. Oh, excuse me, you had NC State minus eleven, yeah. closed eleven and a half. We both had Army plus two. That closed right around Pickham. So when you look at these lines, honestly, I know this may sound weird for the audience because it's all about uh, losing or winning this weekend. That's what everyone remembers. That's what everyone cares about. But honestly, if we're beating the the value, that's what's important. And I saw Will's picks. I'm like, I'm going to start calling Will the, the CLV master because he's just killing these lines. Now, you didn't win all of them, but you have to be happy. Didn't win a lot of them. Yeah. You have to be happy I with mean, your handicap. That close 13 and a half through the key 13, you had 11. Going into that game, you had to be saying, I'm in a good spot. Yeah, well, and with that NC State game, like, you know, again, it, well, all that matters is the final score and you factor all of it into it. But like NC State had two goal line uh, stops uh, that they where they had the ball. They were about to score a touchdown and ECU stopped them at the goal line. And obviously you got to give ECU credit for that. And you can't just throw points on the board that they never actually got. But they left a lot of points in the field. They only won because... You know the the ACU kicker the missed kicker. a field goal late and then missed a point at a point after the tying point after at the yeah. end. Feel so, so bad for that kid, dude. It, it was not oh, a I great know, weekend for kickers wearing purple yeah. and gold. It was not a good weekend <laughs> for those for them. That's right. Yeah. Well, you mentioned it that we had good. I mean, the best part of this whole weekend uh, is that you know we're recording on Monday, obviously. Um, but happy Labor you know, Day, guys. We're working on Labor, Labor Day. Day. Isn't that awesome? Happy Labor Day to we're all of our hard Labor workers Day. out there. Yeah. yeah. We got hard workers. This is how we celebrate it. We come so, and we do a podcast for the listeners. Let me do my fifteen. We had, let me do my fifteen second thing real quick for anyone new. I'm not a fan of Labor Day. It's because stop I feel like bitching, dude. I feel like if it's because if, if you have a, a holiday to celebrate labor, you don't work on it, or you should work on it. You don't take it off. Uh, but I have a I have a suggestion. I brought that this up makes last no year. Sense, but okay, I brought this up last year. <laughs> I have a suggestion. Uh, in lieu of Labor Day, right? What I wanted to do from now on is National Health Day. And what what we'll do is we'll all eat. 
uh, bacon and a chocolate cake for National Health Day just to celebrate. Just to just to no, celebrate the not, health of people. We'll, we'll eat a chocolate cake. That is the most ridiculous comparison to make. No one is calling Labor Day the work hard day. It's it's a day to celebrate the labor force, so it gets the name la- Labor Day. I agree. I will, if it's I, I, celebrating the labor force, we should call it Labor Force Day. Yes, right. Tyler, at the same time, I will say bad health is still health, so <laughs> National Health Day. Okay. I mean, come on. Hey, look, that, that's, my, that's my thing. So anyway. Well, happy it is Labor, Labor Day, and guys. Happy Labor Day. Look, we had we had great games Thursday night. We had great games Friday night. Obviously, all day yesterday, uh, or excuse me, all day Saturday with the full board. We had um, an incredible LSU Florida State game last night and tonight. We have the Clemson Georgia Tech game. I'm mm-hmm. guessing that's not going to be a really close competitive game, but we'll see. It kicks off here in about 45 minutes. But, Since Georgia Tech I mean, abandoned you, the triple option, I, I'm I'm I don't care anymore. I've lost. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's that, I. I want them to bring back the triple option. I'm For fully, sure. uh, fully on board with that with you. But I mean, look, you you go into into this weekend. West Virginia looks really good against Pitt. Penn State, you know, gets the win against Purdue. You could argue that Purdue really just fucked that up with some horrible clock management at the end. Um, and but look, to me, the the biggest storyline from so far this weekend is Georgia. Georgia is still. Georgia, they dominate Oregon. They look like the Georgia from last year. And at this point with how good they looked, um, if you were to just say, hey, I'm putting them at number one uh, in the country, I'd be fine with it because they seriously look like, to me, this is a repeat of last year, which is it's probably going to come down to Alabama and Georgia and whoever wins that game, you know, in the playoff or SEC championship game or whatever is going to end up being the champion because that's how good they looked. Yeah, so this is something I'm going to talk about today and bring up again on Wednesday. It's important how we watch games and it's important how we evaluate games. And I actually did a podcast on my own show, Sports Betting Daily, which is a daily podcast about, uh, guess what, sports betting. And uh, you can find that wherever you listen to this. But it was, I think, the date that I found before this. I think it was July 19th, around there. And I did a show called How to Watch Games, right? And people may see that title and go, what the hell are you talking about? I've been watching games since I was six years old, right? The people are like, what are you talking about? But the point is, when you watch games, it's important not to fall in love with the team you bet on. Because what a lot of us do is we get blinded. Oh, how can that have been? The, the, whatever, whether it's a, a penalty or a challenge or a turnover, and it's important to step away from a game going, my handicap was right and I lost, or my handicap was wrong and I got lucky winning, right? Or it can be any combination of those. So for this game, I think my handicap was actually off because of how good Georgia is. We have question marks about Oregon. I still don't, I can't answer the question right now, how good or bad is Oregon? I learned nothing about Oregon that right. game, but I learned a ton about Georgia and you're right, Will. I actually think it may be hyperbolic in general for one week to happen and people go, oh, look how good they go. You know, put them up in the rankings. But Georgia, I think, was right there on that second tier. But most people who re- who have the number of valuations like I do, what team in the history of the sport has lost as many key pieces and been as elite the next game, right? Week one next season right. against a formidable opponent. So, you know, people yeah. can say what they want to about Oregon, about the, about the uh, Pac-12. I get that. I'm not here to, to say Georgia, you know, beat a, a, a you know, elite team here. But I was impressed. I'm certainly upgrading them. And my takeaway is my handicap was probably off because Georgia's ceiling is a lot higher than I thought it was. And they proved that week one. So they're great. And honestly, I think now we have the discussion of do we put Kirby Smart in that category of Nick Saban or do we at least open the discussion up of could he be entering that phase of his career? 
I think he's definitely like, that's what it feels like, at least for where Georgia is at right now. Like you said, like losing as much talent as they did and, and looking like they barely missed a step, um, essentially reloading. It is Alabama like I still, I mean, until someone wins just an absurd amount of national championships, no one is going to be in the saving category for me in the modern era. But is he, is he like one of the, certainly one of the best coaches in college football right now? Yes. And he's built this Georgia program into an absolute monster that, like you said, I, I mean, it, it looks like what we are used to seeing out of Alabama, which is it doesn't matter how many players they lose, they reload and it's just two years. And so we're not going to compare him to Alabama just yet, but that's how good George, I mean, Stetson Bennett was amazing. Uh, the, the Georgia defense, which lost like eight guys that all went to the NFL looked incredible, uh, super athletic. And like you said, we're going to find out how good, how good Oregon is. Maybe Oregon's not that good and this isn't that great of a win, but I'm not really sure that's the case. And, and, I just I think this Georgia team right now, if if you're not picking Georgia or Alabama to win the national championship, I think it's kind of crazy. That's my opinion. Well, I will, uh, I will yeah. say about the about this game that um, I don't think Oregon is is as bad as they played that day. Um, I think Bo Nix made especially early two crucial interceptions for sure. And and um, you know, Stan Lanning's first game, Bo Nix's first game, a lot of but new dude, players. His receivers were not helping him out. They had more drops. No, no, I, 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 I agree with you. And that, that's what I, I think that the stage may have been a little bit too big for this um, this group of of players. Right. right. And, and, and I think that um, just the comfortability of Georgia – um, even though they lost a ton of guys to the NFL, like we said last week, there's a ton of guys that were still playing last year right. on a national championship team. But I do think that we look around Oregon and players who have stepped up in the past really let down. And I'm, look, I'm not a Bonix apologist, okay? But I want to be careful putting this all on him because he made a lot of good throws. Uh, who's the, all I'm the, saying uh, is, is he, he made two big mistakes early. That's all I'm saying about Bonix. Yeah, uh, put him behind. He yeah. did make those mistakes, but 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 one of them, and they actually went over the replay, his receiver got bumped, ran a different route, and, and it was miscommunication, right? And early on, and right. a new offense, new coach. But the second uh, one was a horrible interception. But Chase, for sure, for sure. But Chase Coda, that receiver out of UCLA, everything was positive, right? It's like, We've seen nothing but great. He's been amazing at UCLA. They're getting an elite five-star athlete, and he looked mediocre, right? So I think this is, again, more about... Stage is too big, Walsh. That's what I'm telling you. But I think the stage would be too big against that kind of team because I don't necessarily think that... Because when you say the stage is too big, and look, we can agree to disagree on this. This is just a philosophy or or how we we sell the game. But I think when you say the stage is too big, I don't believe that because Oregon even though they haven't always had success has been a lot, a lot of big games maybe the stage was too big for their coach uh, Dan, Dan say, maybe the stage was too big for but I, 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 I think I, that it's not fit. No, no let me just finish I think that it's sure. not fair to say that the stage is too big because they look like that I think every team in the country short of Alabama maybe in Ohio State but who knows we'll, we'll get there would have looked like that and so I don't right. so if well, anyone, well right, and may- yeah, yeah, maybe stage is not too big, but uh, they're not used to the stage for sure. Yeah, for sure. or just right out of the shoot week one. Yeah, like, exactly. That's not easy either. This could be a completely different um, Oregon team by the end of the year. But the whole point is that is that the best teams are ready whenever you know. And Georgia week one just already looking that incredible, and so yeah, they look. Yeah, really, like, very I, good. Very. I, good. I, I think Bo Nix could have a really good year at Oregon, especially playing in the Pac-12. But. Um, 
he just historically hasn't done well against Georgia. He didn't do it when he was at Auburn. He got worked by Georgia every time. Clearly, Kirby Smart just knows how to take advantage of of some of his his play style. And that's just also what they're going to do to everybody. It's not just him. It's not all on Bonex, that's for sure. Big upgrade um, for Georgia. But you mentioned uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame. That, that was the other really big matchup we had here. Um, Ohio State wins 21-10. Look, it, it's a big win to to get that win out of the way at home week one. But to me, this game confirmed everything I was saying the, over the last month, the last few weeks before the season about how Ohio State was being a little overrated. To me, it showed in this game. Yes, they're a top five team. They might be the third best team in the country. We'll find out. They really might be. But they're not on the level of Alabama or Georgia. Um, and again, it, it goes back to the same point we were making on the last game. We don't really know how good Notre Dame is yet. Um, and we'll find out again as time goes on. But I think Notre Dame is a pretty solid team. I think they have a pretty good defense, but I don't think the offense is great. And if you're going to ask me if this Ohio State team, you know, they're look, I know Jackson Smith and Jigba got hurt early, very early on in the game, and that slows down the passing game. But this just proves my point from, you know, a week or two ago that, you know, everyone's saying that that the offense was just going to be even better than last year, even though they were losing Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson to the NFL you know, just assuming the wide receiver room was going to be as good as last year. And it's clearly not because you lose Jackson Smith and Jigba and the other guys are just not at that level. I mean, I I, th- I don't know if it was Marvin Harrison Jr. Or um, th- there's another guy, I can't remember his name, that dropped like a catch in the end zone early on in the game. Like those, like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave aren't doing that. Um, and, and to me, that's why I'm just not ready to put Ohio State on that level of being a national title contender. I'm not. And, and I get that it's week one and we don't know who Notre Dame is. We don't know who Ohio State is. And I definitely expect Ohio State to continue to get better. But to me, this offense didn't look like a national championship uh, caliber offense and the defense looked okay. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't give up any massive plays, which is, you know, a pretty big deal. But again, I don't really think that Notre Dame's offense is all that great. So to me, it's, it's just a, kind of a question mark, but ultimately it's week one and they got the win and that's really all that matters. Um, but I mean, they had seven points through three quarters. That's not what anyone would have expected from Ohio state at all. So between now and Wednesday, I'm going to do some work. And when we come to the show on Wednesday, I want to have some numbers because what I've seen early is that Ryan day has been a abysmal against the spread against good teams especially early early in the season that's something that Jim Tressel never did that's something Urban Meyer never did and I said this early on in Ryan Day's career why are we all anointing him this elite godlike head coach just because he was given the keys to Ohio State and everyone wanted to say you know because why would they give it to anyone else because he was uh Urban Meyer's guy because he and I've seen nothing except recruiting, which he's always been good at, that shows me he's an elite head coach. He can get the players for sure, but can he win? No, he said, we needed the, we needed the wake-up call. That was good for our team. We needed that. It's like, are you kidding me? How, how often are you going to enter the season and, and not just fall short of expectations, but fall flat on your face? I mean, Ohio State was 17.5-point favorites. Let's not kid ourselves. Going in. The the spread is a great equalizer, okay? I don't care how much you disrespect the spread. That's how it's looked at. In the sports betting market, that's the expectation. If you're an 11-point favorite and you win by 12, you exceed expectations. If you win by 10, you underperformed, okay? Going into this weekend, Ohio State and Georgia were both 17.5-point favorites. That game was supposed to go the same, according to the market. What did Georgia do? 
What did Ohio State do? Okay. And now Ryan Day's trying to spin it off. Oh, it's a good thing. That's a wake up call. It's like, no, this is a bad sign. You need to be ready. You need to be ready to hit the ground running. That's what elite teams and coaches do. What did you just say, Will? The fact that Georgia was ready to go proves to us Kirby Smart is maybe, you know, does belong in that conversation or does belong in that in that elite category because his team looks good week one. That's a big part of this. So I'm not calling Ryan Day a bum, but we need to be careful saying he's the head coach of Ohio State. Therefore, that equals he's a great head coach. It was Oregon last year who just looked horrible week one. It was uh, uh, Notre Dame this year, which is a highly rated team, but 17-point favorite says it all. I have a lot of question marks about Ryan Day long-term. I think he's a good coach. He may be a great coach, but is he the kind of coach that should be at Ohio State? I'm not so sure about that. So that's what I took away from that game this weekend. Yeah, interesting. I mean, like I, I, I think that they are a really flashy, talented team, but maybe not super gritty. And and he kind of counted this win as like a physical, yeah, we are physical, we're tough. But like again, not even to like rag on Notre Dame, but like if that that's not physical and tough by a Alabama or Georgia standards. Um and and if you're gonna tell me that yeah, Ohio State can maybe win their way out. Maybe they'll beat Michigan at home. I don't know if they play like that. I think Michigan's got a pretty good chance, honestly. Well, but but, but, but it's it, but when 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 they finally get to that top tier in the playoff or whatever, like that's when their offensive line was not all that physical. They didn't run block all that well. Yeah, they on the 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 last touchdown drive that kind of secured the victory. They marched down the field for a long time and they got some decent push there. But for the most of the game, they couldn't run the ball at all. Even with Travion Henderson, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like, and this is supposed to especially be Ryan Day's thing is the offense. And the offense just didn't really look that good, honestly. The only thing that me, to, to me, would make sense is if Marcus Freeman is some all-time elite head coach and this is what the norm is going to be. That is the only thing that would make sense to me. Will, listen to this. And Ryan, listen to this too. Going back 20 seasons, 20 years, that's a long time for Notre Dame to be up, down, whatever. Against uh, teams who finished the season in the top 10. Okay, so Ohio State's probably going to do that, right? We think that. Notre yeah. Dame historically has covered the spread Terrible. 26% of the time. So, yeah, yeah what, they're, they're terrible against top teams. So, so it, it's about one out of four. And just so you know, the average for any team should be about 50% in every situation. So this is not a good look for Notre Dame, or for, excuse me, for Ohio State on top of everything. They got a team that had the flash and the notoriety of an AP top you know, ranked team, but Notre Dame historically has been horrendous in this situation. So that's another reason why Ohio State and Ryan Day should not be happy about that. Uh, Notre Dame never looks good in that spot. They looked great. Right. So either and they're at home too, right? Exactly. It wasn't even like a neutral thing. Like to, to get him at home in a big spot. Like Stroud, Stroud had times when he wasn't hitting guys, you know, uh, very accurately. And so, so, to so me, don't like, you think it's either Marcus Freeman's like this great all-time head coach, and that's what we're going to expect, or Ohio State and Ryan Day vastly underperformed? Yes. Can I bring something up? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Ver, so, so Marcus Freeman, from what I saw from Notre Dame on Saturday versus Ohio State, and then I watched LSU. Is are, are we seeing not necessarily any, not necessarily uh, a fault from Ohio State, but a new voice with Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, a completely opposite type of coach, right? You know For what sure. I'm saying? Yeah. Marcus Freeman's more of a players coach. Brian Kelly's more of a hey drill Dictator. sergeant type of team. Yeah. And, and and we saw it last night with LSU. And I know we're going to talk is about the game. That is so unfair. 
all right, Brian Kelly has a new team. No one's ever had – this is his first time he's ever ever been, been around. The, Marcus Freeman's been around this team for years. Marcus Freeman knows those teams. And by the way, the same coaching staff. Did you see the timeouts? Marcus Freeman's like looking at his watch, checking his phone. The head coach – the assistants are doing – everything over there. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's the tone. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a calm head coach For than sure. a frantic but if head coach. But if your point here is we're now seeing that it was Brian Kelly and that he was no, no, uh, no, no, that no, he no. was uptight no, 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 no. with, with Notre Dame and now we see that bleeding over to LSU. It's like, no, 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 that no, no, is no. ridiculous. What, 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 what I'm saying is it, it's, it's a new flavor at Notre Dame and the right. kids responding to that. I can see that it's also a new flavor at LSU to where the kids don't know how to respond to it yet. I, I see what you're saying. And, and, and I think there's some validity to that. But if we're picking the two, I think it was way more Ryan Dan, Ohio State. I think that if you flipped it, let's say Georgia played Notre Dame and was 17 point favorites and Ohio State played. Uh, help me out here. Uh Oregon. Oregon and were 17 point favorites. I think Georgia would have done the same thing and dismantled Notre Dame. And I think right. Ohio State would have struggled against Oregon. So I agree. that's my point with all this. I think it was Ohio State. For sure. No, yeah, but I get what I think what Smitty's saying. And again, like this works in the short term, right? Like maybe those Notre Dame players are did were kind of sick of maybe getting screamed at and having like a, a coach who's not a player's coach. Now they have this guy, they feel more free to be themselves, whatever. And that can work in the short term because, again, this is the team that Brian Kelly left him with. But just like we're seeing with Ryan Day is like now that he's into his third you know, year as a head coach, it's no longer Urban Meyer's team. It's his team. Right, and maybe, around. maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe it's going the opposite way. We don't really know. I think we all kind of agree that Brian Kelly come, you know, year two, year three, year four at LSU is going to be doing really good things. And that'll be the real test of Marcus Freeman is like, how is he going to do two years from now when now it's truly his team? And, and so, and, and that's how we know, but I, I think you're definitely right to think that like, yeah, those clearly the, the players love him and they're going to fight for him. Yeah, I think and, so too. And, I think Ryan may be onto something. Maybe we look at that the next couple of weeks. Like, like, do we get this boost now, even though they, they right. lost? Is this, is this kind of a positive motivationally? Right. And, and, and a lot of players, do better with a slap on the butt than a slap all across the face, you know? Right. Yeah, it's true. Ryan, you like to get slapped on the butt well. all the time, don't you? That's your thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Got as a long lot of as cake. his pants aren't Got a lot yet. of cake back there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Utah, Florida. Utah, Florida was amazing. Um, honestly, such a great game. A huge win for Billy Napier. It's Florida his first, back. His, it's Florida back. I think that I don't be. know about are they back, um, you know, because ultimately the grind of the SEC schedule, I think, may just kind of chew them up. But, yeah, I mean, look, we all agree Utah is a really good team, and so this is a huge win for them. I thought that Anthony Richardson was dynamic. He made all the plays when Florida yeah. needed him to. That two-point conversion play where he had that crazy jumping pump fake and then turned around and found the guy, like, he was all over the place. And, look, Utah was there at the end. They had a chance. Cam Rising throws a pick in the end zone at the end to seal the game for Florida. Utah is, is still really good, and I do expect them to be – in the mix for the Pac-12 for sure. It, to me, it's just like that's a tough place to play week one in the humidity on the road at a tough SEC place with all this new hype and new excitement around the program. I mean, you saw the Utah player puking on the sidelines, puking up all his Gatorade and stuff. Like, like Kyle you know, Whittingham was sweating out of his shirt. For oh, yeah. sure. Those Utah guys are just not used to that. That's, that's a totally different thing. And so I don't know that, that this game is like a massive downgrade for Utah for me, but I do think it's an upgrade for Florida. And I think that Florida is going to be a really good and dangerous team all year long. I don't know if that is going to translate to eight or nine wins. We'll see. Just playing in the SEC is tough. Um, but 
you know, it, for sure, just a, a, a massive move in the positive direction for Napier and for Florida, and they looked really good. Agree. Florida looked very good. Takeaways, upgrade Florida. We'll see how much, but uh, I, I, uh, I, I downgrade Utah as well. Slight downgrade. Really? Okay. See, like, I almost feel like, like it actually kind of proves a little bit of toughness for me out of Utah to be able to go on the road at an SEC team. Cause look, yeah, Florida's not even, I'm not even sure if they're like a top five SEC team right now, but they have like that caliber of athlete, which you find in the SEC that you just don't find at a lot of Pac-12 schools. Well, but, but it's all about expectations, right? So it's, so I understand that if you're looking at Utah in the lens of a Pac-12 team, the poor little Pac-12 teams, but they had national title expectations. They started the season number eight. They knew if they won that game, they'd be in the driver's seat for that conversation. So, uh, you know, I think you expect better from those teams. If you're legitimately the eighth best team in the country, which they were ranked, and you're legitimately facing a team not in the top 25, which Florida was not, you need to do better. I know the spread was minus three, but that's why a lot of people bet on Florida, or excuse me, on right. Utah minus three, because they expected right. them to go down there and, and cover that spread. And let's not forget... Other Pac-12 teams who've gone down to Florida in the past have actually fared pretty well. So I, I know Utah altitude. You're right, Will. They they were sweating. They didn't look comfortable. That that matters. And I would rather go down there in November than I would early on when it's hot and humid and all that. But uh, I expected more. I really did from Kyle Whittingham and that team. And I think it's clear that outside of maybe a USC, which is a long shot, there's no teams this year, it's 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 the same thing. It's Groundhog Day. It's Bill Murray for all you kids out there. Yeah, in the movie from the. I mean, look, 90s. Well, but uh, <laughs> you know, because I made this point when we were breaking down the Pac-12 in our preseason shows, is that yeah, like I thought, you know, I I think that Utah is, is a top ten team, but it's all about the context, right? Because if Utah plays in the SEC West, they're not that anymore. Because we know they're not going to go twelve and zero or eleven and one, but that doesn't change who they are. Like to me, this actually proves exactly what I thought Utah was, which is a really good team that plays in the Pac-12. That's and that's really all it is. And it's and it's not even like trying to to dump on the Pac-12. It's just like that's the reality no, of the it. Pac-12 there is, sucks. It's different in the SEC. It's, it, you know what I mean? I think that Utah could go and and play a lot of top. Big 12 teams and win, or or Big 10 teams and win. Um, but I, I think that that spot just at Florida Week One is tough. And again, just really impressed with 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 Florida and and excited for the future with Billy Napier there. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cincy, Arkansas, again another classic example of of non conference teams going. Um, you know, I, I give Utah a lot of credit for scheduling a game like that on the road at Florida because we know that one thing SEC schools basically never do is travel um, on the road for non-conference games. So yeah. when other teams <laughs> in other conferences do it, I love it. And same thing here with Cincinnati. They go on the road at Arkansas. Uh, another great game, like really was super entertaining, was was a, a hard-fought game. Cincinnati's going to be just fine as far as their program. They, they actually impressed me. They were very physical. Uh, the new quarterback was pretty solid. Um, but again, like the talent they lost from last year mattered. And to me, that's why I went with Arkansas in this game. And ultimately, Arkansas came out, you know, and winning by seven and covered that six and a half point spread. But, um, you know, I just think that I think that Arkansas is a really they're very similar to what they were last year. And they're going to be an exciting team going forward. But it was just a little too much for for this Cincinnati team and where they are. Yeah, I was not very impressed with Cincinnati uh, losing their top three defenders, best receiver, obviously quarterback. That mattered a lot more than I thought it would. And we saw Georgia, which it's Georgia. Let's not compare everyone to them, but they were able to plug, play, fail immediately. Uh, Cincinnati right. did not have that luxury, and they did not look very comfortable. So, uh, yeah, Arkansas looked good, but they were you know touchdown favorites. They covered by touchdown. 
so be it. So a uh, little downgrade for Cincinnati. Besides that, I didn't take away too much from that game. Okay, gotcha. It was yeah, just an entertaining game. And again, it was I love, fun. I love it was fun that Cincinnati has the balls to schedule that, especially when you look at the rest of their schedule. They have a really tough uh, non-conference schedule, and so um, I just appreciate that. And uh, you know, I, th- there's something about that that Sam Pittman Arkansas team that's just fun. Like I, I don't know if you saw in like the post game interview after they won, they were asking like about some party and how he was going to celebrate, and he's like. He's like, I don't, I'm not uh, condoning any of this, but he's like, I'm, I'm someone who loves a nice cold beer and I think I'll have one or two, but I'm not <laughs> telling youngsters to do it. You know, like <laughs> Sam Pittman is so funny. Um, That's great. And uh, yeah, just a great game. And then we had last night, we had the LSU Florida State game, which was just wild. Yeah. It was so crazy. Um, everyone's ripping on Brian Kelly, you know, and I get it. Like everyone's like, this guy, this is the guy you're paying $10 million a year for. And it's like, well, did anyone expect him to just come in and turn LSU into a monster week one? Because I think those expectations are absurd. Yeah. Um, I, I get that there were maybe some questionable calls, but you could do that with any game. And ultimately, I think this was just a game where neither team really wanted to win. And LSU's special special teams mistakes ended up costing them, obviously. But um, just a super entertaining game. But I, I don't think either of these teams are going to be all that good this year. And in fact, I think with LSU's offensive line, they're going to get chewed up in the SEC West all That's year. That's a big part of it. Those right and left tackles got, got uh, exposed last night. You know, in general, yeah. I'm not sure about Jaden Daniels. I think LSU's an eight-win team. You know, they look good. Maybe seven wins. Oh, wow, wins. really? Maybe, maybe seven wins. I don't even know if they're going to get there. I, I'd be, I think that'd be a, a huge win well, if they got no, there. But, but let's not overreact. I mean, they're right. going to improve. Well, sure. If I had to guess right now, from what we saw week one to what we'll see in the bowl game, LSU will be the most improved team this season. So I want to be careful with all that stuff. I want to be careful with, you know, we, we shouldn't do this with anyone. You know, maybe it's warranted with Nebraska. I mean, my God, they're down. What is it? <laughs> it's halftime. They're struggling with, with North Dakota. Yeah, I know they won that game, but my point is we shouldn't do this really with anyone. I know was, I was being hyperbolic there, with, but we shouldn't even do it with, with them. So it's it was one week. We right. need to give the coaches whose first game with the new team it was even that much more because – Brian Kelly's teams, what he got good at as he coached in Cincinnati and as he coached on in Notre Dame, and as his teams got his identity, they didn't make a whole lot of mistakes. They didn't make a whole lot of penalties. And all LSU did last night was shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over. I mean, that first half, there were probably more mistakes than a Brian Kelly coach team in the last, you know, however many years. Now, is some of that on Brian Kelly? It has to be. He's the head coach. Sure. It's on him, so he has to take some of that responsibility. But Florida State's also, I think, going to surprise us. And at the end of the year, yeah. when they've got nine wins, we're going to say, hey, remember week I one? I think they're a lot better than people think. I do, too. So when we say, hey, remember week one, we're LSU. LSU, it doesn't look so bad after all. So, you know, when I call for them to maybe win seven, eight games, think about what that means. If they go, I don't think they're going to go six and six. I mean, I just, it's like playing NCAA, right? NCAA football next year comes out. It's like less than a year away. I can't wait. I'm getting a new Xbox. It's going to be amazing. But if I played a player who, because let's face it, I'm a little older now. I haven't gamed in a while. I'm not the gamer I used to be. I probably don't have like the skills, right? So if I play with Alabama and some kid who's like a gamer plays with uh, uh, Idaho, I'm probably going to beat him, right? But eventually, or maybe if they're good enough at those skills, they're going to beat me or it's going to overtake. And 
I think that's kind of how Brian Kelly is. Like, he is, in my opinion, I know Ryan thinks a little less of him than I do, but in my opinion, I think he's that good of a head coach to where it doesn't matter what's going on with the line. They're going to fix that. They're going to call different plays. Doesn't matter what's going on at any position. Brian Kelly knows this matters so much. He cares about that overall record. And I think that they're going to switch it so fast. We're going to be amazed by how much better they look week to week. So right now, they don't look great. I get that. But let's not overreact. And I think actually, because of that, LSU is going to be a bet on team the next couple of weeks. Well, I, I wasn't even like reacting to this game because I actually thought that like they showed some promises. But like going into the season, I would have guessed like six and six, seven and five is like the, the peak just for what. LSU has on a roster and now they actually have like a, a legit problem on their hands because their best receiver Keyshawn uh, Booty, Booty uh, however you say that <clears throat> he didn't have a very good game and now and he, and he was showing frustration on the sidelines about not getting you know uh, enough passes his way okay and immediate, okay, immediately on. after the game no no listen yeah, um, yeah, immediately yeah. after the game he deleted all LSU shit off his Instagram people oh, think he's going to transfer out like tonight I didn't know so, that that's that's what I'm saying. Is it like like yeah? I, they can ultimately get get him more run, and not all of it was on the team. Like he had a touchdown pass go his way early in in the game that he dropped. He had some like a lot of it. Like he wasn't giving full effort. You could see it. Like some of the highlights came out later. He was just clearly like didn't want to be out there. He's pissed off or whatever. Wow. But so, people were saying like during the off season he was really close to transferring to Alabama with Eli Ricks. So does he? Right. So do you think he goes? Do you think he stays? Because if he stays, I think he has a huge game next week. If he stays, I, well, I agree. He's incredible. And like, and Jaden Daniels, like, you know, will try to get the ball to him, I'm sure. But, you know, the fact that he deleted all his shit off his Instagram that is all, he unfollowed LSU football. Wow. And it's like, all that is a big deal. And it worries me about it. You know what I mean? So, okay. so I just, I just want to say watching that LSU game last night, um, you know, uh, Dan, uh, JD Daniels, right? Yeah, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Jaden Daniels. He ran way too much, first of all. Um, and I mentioned last week on the Wednesday show that I felt like Brian Kelly didn't really mesh with this team as far as personality goes and the way booty acted yesterday, uh, Jaden Daniels after that, uh, the, the tying extra point was blocked. If you go and rewatch that Jaden Daniels is smiling. Yeah, I saw that. He will. He was laughing. It looked like he was laughing. He was and, laughing, yes. but but what, no, you're right. It's not are you going to do that. I mean, at the same time, it's like all these guys seem to be loose. They they know that they want the ball. Right. You know, we're running too much. Um, uh, Booty, who's wearing the the number seven, which is sacred in LSU, not getting the balls, throwing fits. Right. You know what? Until and and, and I. I don't. I don't want to come across like I don't like Brian Kelly because I think he is a good coach. I just think right now, until a few years, like you guys are saying, I just don't think it's going to work out right now. Well, it would make sense because what you're saying, like I get, because if you look at who, obviously with Coach O before that, and then like you right. know Les Miles, like very different coaching styles. Right. It is like a you know like we bring in the star players and and we probably cater to them a lot more than what Brian Kelly is used to. That's you didn't a good see point. a lot of those guys at like in Notre Dame. You never saw like the diva players that are throwing tantrums on the sidelines because he's probably the type to be like, I'm just not going to fucking play this dude. I bet you that if if Keyshawn Butte wants to transfer then Brian Kelly is going to have the attitude of like, good, fuck him. Like, I don't want right. to well, well, and at the same time, I, I will also think back to previous Notre Dame teams with Brian Kelly at the helm. Um, much different quarterbacks. For sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, you know, Ian Book, you know, he was he was able to move, but he was 
primarily a pocket passer. Well, so that's that's not what that's that's not what their quarterback has now. Yeah, and Jaden Daniels had this problem. Like a lot of people were kind of on him when he was at Arizona State for the same reason. Like he would he would rely on his legs like too soon sometimes when maybe he could still you know, look to, to throw the ball somewhere. Now that being said, like last night, he had a lot of plays where if they weren't using his legs, like they weren't, nothing was going, yeah, you know what I mean? I agree. And with so that. he's, he's an amazing athlete and he's going to keep them in games, but it's probably going to cost him, you know, games as well with that kind of play. And I don't disagree with, you know, them needing his legs, but at the same time, I felt like he wasn't trying to throw first. Right. Right. Yeah, which honestly that's, makes that's sense. That's all my concern. There were a ton of times where, like, he would literally like he'd take the snap, take like a quick yeah, drop, and immediately too. just be running. Yeah. And so you're definitely right. And and I I just I think you're right. You're on to something, Smitty. That like it's not a great fit with the players that are on hand now. And I think you could see more turmoil when it comes to players leaving. Very similar to what happened, um, you know, last year at Auburn, where like a bunch of players were just like I'm out of here. I don't like this guy. Sure. And and if he can just survive that and they can win a few games and then he can get the type of guys that fit his his mold in there, right. he's going to be fine. But I think you're right. I think that, and I believe he will. But it's 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 very much on a razor's edge. I could see this team turning it around like Tyler is saying and like winning like eight games and, and being like a really good team. Or I could see it going bad and they go four and eight. Honestly, I think it's I don't think that there's a ton of difference between the two of those just based off of like whenever a new coach comes someplace. Uh, especially a big name head coach like this, things don't always work out great the first year, you know? Well, and right. And like the SEC is the NFL of college football. So I yep. mean, most, most games are decided within a touchdown or less, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, a lot of close games and certainly that one was. And, you know, if, I mean, they had a, they had the muff punt. I think they had two blocked kicks in that game. Like the, yep. and the special, the, the funny thing is the special teams coach two muff is punts. the only, is, two muff punts. what? Two muff punts, two muff punts yes. and two block kicks. Yeah. And the special teams coach is the only guy that Brian Kelly took with him from Notre Dame. Oh. He's the only one from the staff. <laughs> That's a bad I, look. I didn't which know is that. Exactly. That not is a great not look. Good at all. And, and it's funny because I can't remember who was saying it after the game on ESPN, but like, you know, it's easy to obviously criticize the call to go for it or not go for it at the end there. But like when you know your special teams are suffering so bad and that and that you haven't been playing well and you finally get this chance, like why not just go for two at that point? Right. You know what I mean? I, mean? Like, I think yeah. that's tough, dude. It's, yeah. it, it's hard to criticize, but like at least I know in that, like when you know like you're just barely getting by and like, oh my God, we just got gifted a chance to get back in this game. At yeah. that point, I'm I'm at least of the camp like, fuck it. Let's just Look, go for two and end this thing right now. On NCAA, well, that's what I'll State go for did. it next year. I'm, I'm going for two. That is that is what I, that is what App State did, and it did not work out. So very good point, Smitty. Poor, poor guy, App State. man. But just like what a perfect weekend for oh, well. for, for game one. We had crazy <laughs> games. Uh, I had the four screen setup going. It was amazing. Um, like it just it feels so good to be back. And we got a bunch of really good week two games when we breaking down on Wednesday show. Um, and I'm just I'm I'm so excited. We got Alabama Texas. Uh, we've got a bunch of good matchups and like. Man, it just feels so good to have college football back. I'm just smiling thinking about it. Hell yeah, let's go. And we're back on Wednesday. Yeah, is we're Texas back on Wednesday. Back this week? Is Texas back this week? <laughs> oh, God. Texas is not back this week, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I, it would be amazing. if. I mean, imagine if they could pull off an upset. That'd be incredible. I mean, or just cover the spread. Did, or just cover the you, spread. Yeah. Did you see that, uh, that 
um, Quinn Ewers, you know, their first game was against like uh, Rice or some some shitty team like Louisiana Monroe, yeah, I think. Uh, um, his car got towed during the game. <laughs> I did see that. At, in Austin. And it's like, how did that happen? It's because right? he's got the mullet. They, they saw this kid coming out coming out of a car with a mullet. He probably runs, drives like a like a Trans Am. Or that like is a so, it's so frustrating <laughs> getting towed. <laughs> getting towed yeah. is the worst. So hopefully things go better for him next week. But yeah, so uh, thanks everyone for listening. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Follow us on Instagram at College Football Tailgate. Uh, give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you Wednesday. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. <laughs>